Hello and welcome to All Villa No Villa, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. Well, Villa endured a tough day out at Brentford, but Unai Emery's resilient side fought back to draw 1-1. We'll talk about that in a second. Plus, Frankie cooks up another tonsil-tickling spicy question. But first things first, Frankie, how are you? I'm very good, George, but not as good as you. It is your birthday. It is my birthday, Happy Frankie. Birthday. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. There's no place I'd rather be than spending it here on this podcast with you. Um, mm. it's, 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 a, it's a pleasure. It's a delight. It's a privilege. Um, <laughs> so I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm sure that's all very true, George. And uh, <laughs> if, if you were a footballer, you know, what stage of your career are you at now, Jerry? Oh, Frank, I'm actually young. I'm, I'm, oh, yeah, prime, actually, I'm right, in the yeah. on the prime of life. People have written me off for years <laughs> and years and they're thinking he's over the hill. And I've, I've basically, I've, I've dropped back into the full back position and I've, 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 I'm, I'm, you know, I'm evergreen. Like that yes. really young song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'm slightly older, so I'm sort of, I would say I'm kind of like on the, I'm sort of like, I've gone over to the MLS to like, yeah, have you've like made, a like, yeah, time of it in LA Galaxy or something. You've made the move. I'm, my agent is looking into it next year. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think I've, I've come, I'm coming to the end of my, my rolling contract at Villa. Yes. I'm not getting promising signs that, you know, they're going to keep me on. They respect what I've done for the club, but they think perhaps it's time to bring somebody else in. And my agent is, is contacting, you know, Cincinnati or something to try and get yeah. me playing over there or, and you're you're a very solid backup to Matty Cash as well. Yes. Very solid. Yeah. Step in where you needed. Bit of that, yeah. that veteran now. Dive that when you need to. Yeah, that's it. Bringing in that sort of experience. Yeah. The, the, elder, the elder statesman. He's he's been around the block, and people come <laughs> to me for advice, and I'm happy to impart wisdom and yeah, you know all that sort of stuff. That's yeah. that's me. I mean, I've always I think I've always had that about me. To be honest, Frankie. I think yes, always completely been attracted to me for my you know wisdom and and well, uh, knowledge. And, that's why I asked you to do this podcast, George. <laughs> <laughs> Who else could I? <laughs> there was nobody. I mean, you know, you tried a few other people, obviously, but. Um, I'd I tried. I tried about. Yeah, I tried the entirety of the whole ten, and they all said no. <laughs> so, so uh, but no, I, yeah, yeah. I, I would say I'm on my last contract in the MLS with LA Galaxy. But having said that, Wayne Rooney went to DC United about four years ago, and I am his age, so I'm actually probably a bit, That's right, a bit over the hill there. So, you, well, Frank, yeah. I have to say, you you look considering uh, Wayne Rooney was a professional footballer for many many years. You, oh, you yeah. do actually look fitter and healthier than he does. Which oh, I'll is, take that. I I actually fancy you in the MLS. I think you could do some 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 damage. Yeah. Take yeah. the experience, you know, playing with the with with the London Lions, I think take that experience over, yes. over, across the pond. Yeah. Just show him a thing or two. <laughs> um, you know, I've seen you on beat. I've seen your goal scoring prowess. Oh, on yeah, it did um, make so it onto Beatty's sport. It yeah, did make it onto Beatty's sport. So I can see. I see what you can do. I think. I yeah. don't think the MLS has seen anything like you, Frankie. I think you could really show them something special. I think so. They, they would never have seen anything so talented come out of Russell Olympic in the year two thousand and two. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, there was a lot more talent at Russell Olympic than me in the year two thousand two, which is who I played for for a bit. But yeah. Um, yeah, they were, that, that's the oh, the golden era, the golden era, golden era, the gold. Bring those, yeah. bring those, bring that era back, Frankie. There's still a chance, right? Yeah. So, so you, you, Frankie, you were again. You've been at the game. You were at the. I was. You were yeah. at the, was it the Brentford Community Stadium? Yeah, um, Stadium. What was uh, what was that like? Fantastic day out, really. Uh, I had never been sort of down to that stadium. I didn't go to the old ground either, Brentford's old stadium, and so I didn't really know the area very well. Got off at Kew Garden. My goodness, George. <laughs> All the pubs around there were, 
were very fancy. Uh, <laughs> I was sort of walking past thinking, like, am I the most intimidating looking person who's ever walked past any of these pubs? And I'm the biggest wimp in the Western Hemisphere. So um, it was uh, very smart, very nice. And uh, I don't know, like good vibes, good, good, uh, nice sort of family club. Uh, good, good stadium, good new stadium, interesting new ground and uh, sort of in around all them new flats and uh, just a, just a good time. And I, you know, I really like Brentford and Brighton. You know, I think the two of them have worked their way up the league um, very smartly, producing some really good football, good teams. So more power to Brentford and the likes of Brentford and Brighton, really, and the yeah. way they've established themselves in the Premier League. It's an example to everybody, really. You know, didn't just buy all their success like some other clubs have. Um, so I had a good good time there. And uh, yeah, the Villa fans, as ever, fantastic, really loud. Um, and uh, uh, what I would say is uh, don't try and give your opinions on a football game just after you've had a fair few points <laughs> at the game, <laughs> because I may have been somewhat more optimistic about it than quite a lot of other people were. <laughs> so I was, <laughs> I may have been described as delusional with how I described the game, but I think the way I perceived it was like, I thought the first 15 minutes, mm. I thought Villa looked good. And I thought the final 15 minutes, Villa looked very good. But in the middle, Brentford were largely on top. And in the second half, the first 25 minutes of the second half, they were massively on top. Mm. I think even in the second half, I was standing there with my, my friend Paul, I was with the game up. And uh, I said to him, because we were at the opposite end to where... Brentford were attacking the goal. Mm. And so in the second half, I was like, I don't, we haven't seen the ball down this end of the pitch, like all half. Um, and just as, just as Villa, it was obvious Villa needed to make a change, get some substitutes on. Mm. And literally just as they were all standing there waiting to come on, Brentford got the goal, which yeah. to be honest, they deserved. They had had a lot of chances, but, um, but yeah, I wasn't, massively down on it. I, th- I think Brentford were the better team for almost all of the game, but ultimately it showed Villa's resilience, didn't it? That when those substitutions came on, maybe Brentford got into the mindset of defend the lead. So maybe they sat back more than they should have done. But at the same time, I think that Luca Dean made a big difference when he came yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. Um, Traore, I think the right-hand side of the pitch wasn't as into it as in the game mm. as, as I hoped there would be. Um then begin going back into centre mid. I think it all just kind of worked really. And again, it's a sign of Unai Emery's substitutions working. And when you compare it to previous regimes where they just wouldn't make the substitution at the right time or leave it a bit late, uh, it, it it was again really good show from Unai Emery's in-game management and um, really good resilience from a team who just won't quit at the moment. So that's how mm. I perceived it. Uh, not Villa's finest day out, but. Again, a really good sign of being resilient at a very tough, tough place to play. What did you make of it, George? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, Brentford, we, we, we've never had um, a great record at Brentford. No, I think particularly, God, no. particularly now under Thomas Frank, they're such a well-coached side and and they've managed to, um, because obviously, you know, they managed to, st- to stay up. They've, they've brought in some quality over the summer hmm. um, and improved what they already had. And obviously, in Ivan Tony, they've got a, they've got a, you know, a striker who in any match against any opposition can score goals as he yeah. obviously proved against against us um and i think just tactically they they sussed us out quite quickly um mm. you're right frankie we obviously started off uh quite positively the you know emmy buendia had a really good chance in the opening few minutes uh to to, to score good save from david rea mm-hmm. um and and you know from where, where i was sitting i um 
I was hopeful that that was going to set the, the tone for the game. But yeah. in, in actual fact, it seemed to spur Brentford on. And, and from that moment on, they they did actually start to dominate proceedings. I think what it highlighted in my mind was how um, thin our squad is. Hmm. You know, we've, 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 you know, batted well above our average over the past few games with yeah. you know, this, this incredible run of, of wins. But if you look at the squad, particularly the bench, you know, yeah. we don't have a huge amount that can come on and change games. I mean, yes, Luca Dean did and Traore in previous games has as well, but we are limited in terms of how we can we can change games. And, and it is the same team we've been putting out for the past couple of weeks now. So I think there was an element of fatigue. The fact it was at Brentford who are, you know, themselves still in with a chance of qualifying for Europe. They've had a fantastic season and they've got a, a great home record as well. Yeah, um I was I was kind of you know ultimately a bit disappointed with the performance, but that goes to show really how far we've come. That me as a Villa fan can look at that and think you know that was a disappointing performance. Mm. Um, it, I I think given how we played, the fact we came away with a point um, makes it a really really good result. And 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 to be honest, I think I think a lot of Villa fans should be much more positive about it. I think in hindsight now it's it's a it's a few hours since the game's finished now obviously mm. I'm looking at it and thinking it was a really really good point you know obviously it keeps us well in contention for for Europe um obviously we've seen how Spurs performed uh this weekend they could potentially sink like a stone and give us yeah. the opportunity to to cement ourselves in that sort of fifth sixth spot if we win against Fulham at Villa Park in midweek we go fifth Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the carrot to kind of chase now in, in midweek. So given all that, I think, yeah, as, as I say, the, a point at Brentford is a, is a really good result. I thought, um, uh, yeah, the last 15 minutes when we were going for it, after the substitutions had been made, we looked like the more uh, attacking side. We looked at the side most likely to score just mm. before Luis scored. Ramsey burst through and should have should have scored when he felt scored. like it was coming. Uh, I'd, I'd just been in the stadium. I thought it felt like it was coming, the Villa goal. Yeah, yeah. It, last it, last it, 10 it, minutes, it felt it, like. It was. I mean, from a Brentford, Brentford perspective, I would be really, really disappointed if we were yeah. if we were Brentford in, in, in this scenario because they had plenty of the ball. They had a fair number of chances. Um, how... Uh, you know, I think it's is it Sharda, uh, the striker mm. missed that that opportunity when Olsen. So, basic again. I was at the opposite end of the stadium, so when he took it around Olsen from where I was, I thought, oh, the angle must have been too tight. Whatever. Mm. Then I watched the highlights this morning. Yeah. I was like, bloody hell! Yes. <laughs> it's, it's I know. He missed an open Composure, goal. son. I know it oh, was. Dear. It was. It was. It was. It was a bit of a stinker, to be honest. Hence, but, why I was yeah, probably too over optimistic about. I, yeah, I, th- I, I, I think the beer goggles were well and truly on, Frankie, yeah. from where you were sitting again, but, um, again. But, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I just it's 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 a good point, and we can we can look forward to the game against Fulham. Now we've got some really really tricky games coming up against the likes of Spurs. That's going to be a huge game now. Yeah. Um, you know, Man United, Brighton, final day of the season two. So we're playing all the teams around us, and and if we if we if we beat them, then then we'll um, we'll get ourselves European football. So we've just got yeah. to stick with it. Now, I did love actually how McGinn, when Louise scored, and Louise ran towards you lot and started puffing out his chest and all the rest of it. How McGinn just ran over and and dragged him back to the centre spot because 
you know, it just goes to show the mentality of him and the rest yeah. of the team now that we we don't want to settle for a point at Brentford. We want to we want to take all three um, in yeah. every game that we play, which is again a very very welcome and refreshing change from a Villa supporter perspective. Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Just that that kind of winning mentality that's been instilled in the club now. Really. Um, yeah. A couple of other observations I had is I think first half, you know, we were closest to Emmy Martinez, and I thought he was God Almighty. He's, he's such a He's such a presence back there. Like you really feel it when he's not there in the second half with uh, Olsen. Yeah. And believe it or not, I actually missed the, the first minute of the second half. So I missed that there'd been a substitution. Right. So I was standing there <laughs> going. So I think oh, I did wonder. I was like, oh, that's unusual for that player to get around Olsen or get around uh, Martinez. And then I was like, and then he made a save. And I was like, you don't score against the best keeper in the world. And clearly the fan next to me was like, are you referring to Martinez? Like, well, yeah. And he goes, uh, Oh, he's he's gone off. That's Olsen. I said, <laughs> so it shows how observant I am, doesn't it? <laughs> so, what, do you, what 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 do you make of Olsen? Because you know he's got a fair uh, amount of stick on uh, social media, and it's it's difficult. Like I can, it's difficult to be a second string keeper, yeah. you know, because you get chucked in into matches, and you're not you're you're it's a, such a difficult position to be to, and to play to be that second uh, second yeah. choice keeper. Um, but you know what. And obviously, he's, he's, he's understudy to Martinez, arguably one of the best yeah. goalkeepers in the world. So it's difficult to compare the two. But mm. how, how, did, how did you feel once you caught it on that Olsen was in goal? The difference is huge. It really is. Like the first half when Martinez came out and made a sliding tackle, uh, coming off his line as more of a sweeper keeper as he's been coached to do recently. He did it very well. A couple of, like one massive save off Ivan Tony in the first half. Um, and just just his presence, his catching, everything about him is just it's just very just quality. Um, and then Olsen, I just I just feel for him, like you say, you know, you don't play very often. It's difficult to get into the get up to speed, really. Um, and so uh, he just looks like a, a keeper you can score against. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, yeah. You just you feel if if a striker has a one on one against Martinez, Emmy might just do something to stop it going in. Whereas with Olsen, you fear he's probably going to get beat. And like, you don't want to be down on any Villa players, you know, but um, yeah, it, it's been tough for him at Villa. And there is obviously a, a, a good keeper in there. You know, he's Sweden's number one. And, you know, to be an international keeper, you've got to be really high quality. But um, it's just not quite worked at Villa. But, you know, so I'd, I'd imagine that might be a position that Villa look at in the summer um, mm-hmm. to, to try and maybe raise the standard a bit. Um, I know, I know what but, you mean when you when you said going back to the one on one opportunities. You mm, know, when when Wissa broke three um, to score, obviously was the disallowed goal for, yeah. for. You know, he was clearly offside, but I I, I just knew that he was gonna. Yes. I just knew he was gonna score. Do you know, what I mean? yeah. Even though he'd just come on the pitch, uh, I thought he's gonna beat Olsen here, and he did. But um, yeah. yeah, luckily that was off, offside. And would, uh, yeah, I mean something else I noticed as well. Like Villa have been quite patient and playing it around at the back. Recently, but um, yesterday I kind of felt like Villa went quite long ball. Yeah, I felt like Martinez wouldn't waste time on the ball; he'd immediately get it away. And I, I wondered if, and quite a lot of the time, it felt like he was targeting McGinn against Rico Henry. So whether that was something uh, Uno Emery had identified as an em- area that maybe Villa could win headers, knockdowns, hold it up a bit with McGinn because Henry's not the tallest guy in the world. Mm. 
But other than, other than that, I mean, like Brentford are a big defence. Ben Mee's a big presence, isn't he? That's a um, Pinnock as well. So that, that's a mm. tough, tough side. They're, they're, Brentford are a good mix of physicality and technicality. Yeah. I think they're a really nice mix of that. Um, so that's that just makes them a very difficult team to to, to play against. I think Bermo's um, very physical and uh... yeah, and he was good. He was good against Moreno. Who couldn't really? He got. It felt like he got forward a bit in the first half, but and won a couple of corners, but wasn't quite able to really impose himself anywhere near to the the level he did against Newcastle. Yeah, I think I think Brighton as well. They 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 pressed us oh, very Brent, high. Brentford. Um, it's easy to make that mistake. Brighton and Brentford. <laughs> yeah, Bre- yeah, sorry, Brentford. They they um they pressed us very high, and I, I yeah. think they, they put they put Martinez and and Olsen and and our defenders under under a lot of pressure. So. You know, credit credit to them. I, th- I think a lot of the long balls we played were were down to the fact that they were just squeezed out of all other options, mm. basically. And um, maybe again, maybe that was a pre-game thing they decided on. They said we're going to go longer today than usual. Mm. Uh, and I have seen teams do that in the past. I remember Pep Guardiola's team doing it for Bayern Munich against Borussia Dortmund. Yeah. I remember Dortmund? They they used to have a lot of problems playing against Dortmund with that high press. And I remember a Guardiola team going long and sticking Javi Martinez up front, who's a centre midfielder, and it, it works. I think they beat Dortmund three nil. Um, so occasionally, you know, if if it's you know if if it, it's not, I don't love the long ball, but um, occasionally maybe there are just teams that you know great coaches decide it's worth trying out against. Um, but you're right as well. I think this we could do with Kamara and Cash coming back, couldn't we? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, from from what I've been hearing, uh, at least Martinez should be fit and healthy um, for midweek, which is obviously really important. You know, he came off with a with a sickness bug by the sounds of things, but hopefully he'll be firing, uh, fighting fit for um for uh, Tuesday. It's Tuesday, isn't it? Um, yeah. So, but yeah, the rest of them. I mean, you know, they 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 the four of them: Kamara, Cash, Coutinho, and Bailey. You know, they've 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 been out now for a couple of weeks, all of them. So, um, so you know, you do wonder whether Tuesday is going to come too soon for them again. But um, yeah. we shall we shall see. All Villa, no filler on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Welcome back, everybody. Now it is time for this. George and I could be about to descend into a major brawl in this The Spicy Question. And today, George, I ask you, if Villa make Europe, can't believe I'm saying that still, does the club need to break Aston Villa's record spend and go over 40 million for a player this summer? For one player? Yeah. Oh, um, well, I, I think I think it all de- it all depends on on how the market's shaping up over over the summer. To be honest, I think this if as as you're asking me right now, no. I think what we need to do we, we we've got a very good squad. Um, I think what it needs though is beefing up with with just a, a bit of quality, a bit of extra mm. quality kind of around the sides to make sure that if we um if we do encounter kind of problems over the course of next season in terms of injuries or suspensions, that we do have alternatives in place to come in and be effective, um, which we don't currently have. You know, obviously when uh Gerard took over, he decided he was going to play his way, you know, one way without w- wingers. So 
we basically got rid of all our wingers uh, and now we're in a position where we probably need to strengthen in the wide areas over the, over the summer. Mm-hmm. And obviously if, if Ollie Watkins um, is injured or suspended, then we need a striker to come in um, who is happy to sort of play second fiddle. I guess what we don't want is a situation like the Danny Ings Watkins situation where we sign a, a, a striker who is going to be almost in direct competition I don't necessarily think that's the way to go. I mm-hmm. think clearly that's not the way to go, given given what we experienced. But what we need is someone who can kind of come in and, and, and do a job or come in and operate alongside Watkins if we need to mm-hmm. um, go that way, if we need to change um, tactics. I, th- I don't think we need to sign that many players. Yeah. I think, I think it's really a case of three or four tops again, just to top up what we have. I mean, obviously that's very much dependent on who we let go over the summer, but I don't think, I mean, given how well this team has performed under Embry, I wonder whether he now thinks that he doesn't need to do major surgery on this team. Mm -hmm. I don't think it benefits anyone really. If you, if you, if there's, if there's too much movement in the squad, I think you want to keep, you want to keep players if you can and, Mm-hmm. move on players who want to move on themselves or don't figure in your plans, of course, but you don't want too much change to, to affect the dynamic. But as I said, it's just a case of um, tweaking it and improving it and, um, and bringing in a couple of players. So no, I don't, I don't think if we, if we blew all the budget on a star striker or an incredible winger, or I don't think that would, that would benefit us, particularly, you know, if we are in Europe and we need to be fighting across different fronts I think what we need is a yeah a healthy squad, a good squad, um, and a squad where we can rotate players if we need to. Um, so yeah, I don't think we need to spend that much on on just one player. Well, yet again, George, we are like the United Nations, uh, where we agree. <laughs> one day I will find a spicy question where we avowedly disagree. <laughs> um, maybe that's why we do a podcast together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> The one, the one day that you find a spicy question that we both disagree on is the day the podcast ends. Yeah. So, um, so, maybe, so maybe you don't do that. It'll, it'll come up on YouTube and, and Poochie died on the way back to his home planet. Us two <laughs> yeah. floating off into the sky. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Simpsons reference there, if you don't get it. Uh, but yeah, um, uh, I, yeah, I, I think the same. But I, you know, there's also the, the young players out in the championship at the yeah, moment who are yeah. waiting to come back and you know, Villa don't need another big... They don't need a Danny Ings-style striker. And you look at Archer and you think yeah. he's done well in the Championship again yeah. with Middlesbrough and he's playing at the top end of the Championship. And you think, well, as a backup, he's he's probably quite he's probably quite a good option, to be honest, next season. And it's, it, 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 it could... You know, Jon Duran as well is there, like, learning. And they offer two very different dynamics. Mm-hmm. Like, Duran's more physical. Yeah. Archer's probably more of a pass and move, get into position and score type striker. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Archer this summer. I don't want to predict it because I really don't know. But if Middlesbrough went up, I'd be interested to know whether Middlesbrough might make a quite a significant bid mm. for Archer or Aaron Ramsey. And I'd be interested to know what Unai thinks of that because we are going to have to sell players as well at some point. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Um, I just... I'd be gutted if Archer went without having really seen him at Villa in the Premier League. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, and same with Rams, Aaron Ramsey, really, who's seen, who again has done very well 
in both loan spells at Norwich and Middlesbrough this season, again, at the top end of the championship. So that would suggest to you that if they're not Premier League level, they're very close. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, pre-season will probably be where we see, you know, Unai Emery gets to see more of them and gets to work out where they might fit into his plans. Timmy Robinham as well. QPR have lost the plot since Michael Beale left. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you, he's, he has done well this season by all accounts. And the same with Jaden Philogene Badace. Yeah. And at Cardiff, who's, who's done, done well. And there's, you know, Cardiff fan told me at times, it looks like he's been fantastic for them. So, um, Interesting. Yeah, interesting summer for a few of them. Bidace, of course, in a position that you'd probably identify as where Villa need to improve, mm-hmm. get more consistency. Uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if Bailey goes and then Triori stays uh, and Triori just as a backup option to whoever it is that might come in in that position. I just think Bailey's the only one who I think his standard hasn't really risen since Unai came in. I think he's playing at the same level that he did before Mm-hmm. Henry Kevin, I think he's still capable of real magic and having some fantastic games, but he's, that consistency just—it's just not there. Um, whereas I think every other player who Emery's managed since he joined, I just can't really think of anyone who hasn't improved. Really? Yeah, and also you know he has been quite injury prone as well. Uh, yeah, Bailey since since joining, which is which yeah. is hasn't helped. Um, and and again, we talked about. You know where does he where does he kind of fit in? I th- I think, you know, he is now playing kind of out wide, which is his favoured position. But but even then, he hasn't. Yeah, as you say, Frank, he hasn't grabbed the opportunity that's been presented to him particularly. Yeah, as opposed really to you know enough. someone like Watkins or yeah, that have you've really exactly. gone on leaps and bounds and, and improved dramatically. So yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I I, I do wonder if there'll be another another fullback. I think a versatile fullback. Uh, would be helpful um, and um, you know you kind of look at you look at the Buendia role and think he's a much com- much competition for him I know Coutinho's there but how long for this world Coutinho is mm. now as well I don't know at Villa again you see uh, the links with Gonçalves at Sporting Lisbon so I mean it's, it's just very hard to predict what Villa do in the transfer market but I I wouldn't be surprised if if the signings aren't necessarily big and eye catching, mm-hmm. and are a bit more like Alex Moreno, players yeah. who thirteen fourteen million quid, maybe we'll go higher than that. I think we will go to possibly reach thirty million, maybe on a, someone like a Guendouzi, but just players who come in who do the job, have feel maybe they even have something to prove, mm. want to work with Unai Emery and improve under him. And Moreno is a good example of that he's been. Really, really good for Villa since he came in, particularly as an attacking fullback. So, uh, so yeah, I think um, don't need to go crazy, uh, but uh, but yeah, I think just just feel like you said, George, just just fill that squad out, get that bench looking a bit a, a bit stronger. I think, and um, one or two youth players hopefully might be a part of that as well. Okay, thank you everybody for listening. I've been your host, George Zelinski. Frankie. I will see you later. Happy birthday, George! It has been a pleasure. <laughs> I, I would, I, I, I wouldn't have wanted to spend my thirty-fifth year on Earth with anybody else, Frankie. So uh, no. thank you for, for spending yeah, it with but... me too. Um, 
Uh, same here. Same here. <laughs> it's a privilege. And it is goodbye from me too. We will be back again soon. But until then, come on Super Aston Villa. <laughs>